1: Yeah, um, yeah. We got to handle it really well, and that's what I've been talking to the team about a lot. Uh, being mature and and handling it, uh, it as a business trip. We're going over there for one reason, one reason only, and that's to win a game. Um, it's not a bull trip that we've earned. It's just a game that we got to go focus on. Uh, we got to be disciplined on the plane as we're flying over. We got to be disciplined in the country and at the hotel, and we got to keep the first thing first over there. That was Nebraska head coach Scott Frost talking about the Huskers' unique season opener in 2022. Northwestern. Aviva Stadium. Dublin, Ireland. August 27th. Nebraska's going to skate to one song and one song only. That's the vibe I got from that clip. The mention of an unearned bowl trip also caught my attention. I've always found bowl games a little bizarre, and the results tend to back that up. Where else, for example, will a running back be asked to ride Splash Mountain? days before trying to crash through the opposing line. Where else will a gifting suite be part of game week? Where else will your star defensive tackle get to play nice with the killer whale before flipping on his killer on-field instinct on a weekday? It's all just so outside the rhythm of a regular football season. It's a unique challenge. It's a challenge both teams, coming off three and nine seasons, have to contend with, though the pressure would appear to be far greater on Nebraska. Everyone's well aware of the stakes in Lincoln in 2022. Frost has basically made a $1 million bet on himself this season in the form of a salary reduction. His buyout is cut in half on October 1st. It's a different sort of pressure because you can see it on a spreadsheet somewhere in the athletic offices. That doesn't happen often, though it did work out well at Michigan in 2021. Is this a quote, must win unquote for the Huskers? I try to avoid that label but this game's probably as close as you'll typically find for the first game of the season. And on top of that, this one comes with complications. Season openers always have the chance to be a bit wacky. Last year, one of Nebraska's best players muffed a punt, tried to throw the ball at the front of the end zone to avoid a safety, which only guaranteed a safety. That's sort of wacky. On top of that, add the bull-like, bizarro world potential and the foreignness of literally a foreign country. What does it all mean for the first game of the season? Nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. You're listening to the IED Preview Podcast. I'm Hale Varsity Managing Editor Brandon Vogel. Let's talk some football. This episode of the IED Preview Podcast is brought to you by Union Bank and Trust. It's good to be back for another football season. I, I love previewing games, so this show's sort of a, a passion project of mine. If you've listened in the past, welcome back. This is your first I-80 preview. Thanks for trying it out. First games are always a challenge from a preview perspective. You've got last year's numbers to use, and you're trying to adjust that based on off-season changes. From a returning production standpoint, Nebraska and Northwestern are both in the middle of the pack on, on both sides of the ball, somewhere in the 55 to 60% range which isn't enough to say either unit will certainly be better than last year or worse than last year based on experience alone. So we'll do our best with what we have. This show is coming out a, a week earlier than normal. We usually uh, do these game previews week of, but I'm fortunate to, to be traveling to Ireland for this game uh, when I would normally record that show. So here it is a week early. Got plenty of time to to listen to it ahead of the game itself. And uh, if I haven't angered our airline overlords too much, uh, the plan is to do an IED preview from Ireland. So we'll see how that goes, but keep keep an eye on Hale Varsity social channels or just subscribe to the show so you'll know for sure uh, when that show drops. That said, on with the show, we'll dive right in here to the first half. I wanted to start with a real piece of information from the year 2022 the opening line on this Nebraska Northwestern game. First one I could find was from May 9th, which happens with game ones week zeros, I guess in this, in this case. Um, but that first one, I think from FanDuel had the Huskers favored by nine and a half. You think about that in May, there's still a lot of, a lot of changes that have happened to both teams since then. Um, More recently, in the middle of August, the Nebraska-Northwestern line was up to Huskers minus 12 or minus 12 and a half, most places. Always want to uh, compare that against some power ratings. Um, Do that each week on the show. Most recent SP plus power ratings, which are from Bill Connolly at ESPN. And a note about that, I think after this episode is pushed out into the world. There might be an SP plus ratings update uh, ahead of week zero. So just know that these numbers will might might change a little bit. But as of right now, Nebraska is 29th in the latest SP plus offseason ratings, have a rating of 12.3, which means that this system views the Huskers as 12.3 points better than the average college football team. Northwestern's rating is minus four and a half all the way down at 85th. On a neutral field, which we actually have here, uh, SP Plus would then project the Huskers at about minus 17, a little bit less than that. ESPN's other set of power ratings, the Football Power Index, FPI, has the teams a bit closer. Nebraska's rating there is 8.6, signifies the same thing it does with SP Plus, which ranks 32nd. Northwestern's at 2.6, which comes in at 81st. So that would give you a line of Nebraska minus 11.2 on a neutral field. So if you're the sort of person who uh, was looking to play against the spread here, you've got conflicting information from these two particular sets of power ratings. SP plus would be saying there's some pretty good value on Nebraska to cover. I'm talking about more than four points which if you can get that consistently take it fpi however would lead you towards a play on northwestern plus the points so do with that what you will uh for information or entertainment purposes only of course but that's what two sets of power ratings at least are saying before we move on i'd like to tell you about our sponsor the team jack foundation childhood brain cancer is the leading cancer cause of death in children Even worse, Nebraska has the sixth highest incidence rate in the country. This is just one reason why the Team Jack Foundation works so hard to find a cure and better treatments for kids with brain cancer. You can help by tuning in to the 10th annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. We need your help in the fight. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Lines and power ratings out of the way. Let's jump into... Some of the key players in this matchup, um, that's another thing with, with doing this a little bit ahead of schedule, uh, at least ahead of the typical schedule. Um, you wish for both teams that nothing here changes, uh, but, but who knows? We do have a little bit of time before the teams actually kick this game off. But based on what we know now, here are the three key players I'll be watching from Northwestern, and then we'll, we'll hit Nebraska after that. Number one, left tackle. Peter Skoransky. He's one of the best linemen in the conference, maybe the best. And some people think he's the best offensive tackle in the country. His first team, all big 10 last year, the athletic listed him as the best offensive tackle tackle available for the 2023 draft at this early stage. He's an interesting one to watch in particular, because I think Nebraska's pass rush has a chance to be pretty good. And well, We're going to get a, we're going to get a pretty good look at whoever lines up on that left side of the, the Northwestern line, be going against one of the best can Nebraska through Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis, Caleb Tanner. Those are kind of your top three at that edge spot. Uh, What are they able to do against a player of this caliber? It'll be fun to see. Number two for the Wildcats, I'm going with edge rusher. Adi Tamiwa, Adi He was an all Big Ten honorable, honorable mention pick in 2021. He had 8.5 tackles for loss and 4.5 sacks. And he's moving up the draft charts too. Northwestern, between these two players that I've just mentioned already, it definitely has the best offensive lineman in this game. Might have the best defensive lineman too. And that's also worth watching. Uh, if you can be good on the lines, you got a chance to be in just about any game. And in terms of headline talent, individual player, I'd probably give the edge to Northwestern on on both fronts. Last for last for the Wildcats, going with running back Evan Hull. He topped a thousand yards a year ago. Also earned honorable mention All Conference honors. Could also pay attention to Cam Porter potentially. He had a great true freshman season in 2020 as as the Wildcats lead running back, good enough to land on the Doke Walker list going into last season. Unfortunately, he he was injured in camp and missed all of 2021. Still a little up in the air uh in terms of what his availability will look like for for this first game. Pat Fitzgerald said he's he's more than happy to to kind of gradually work him back in but with hole and what he was able to do a year ago that's probably the most dangerous player you can point to on northwestern's offense if porter's available even just to kind of provide a change up or or to spell hole for a little bit when i look at individuals in this game those two particular individuals that pose a threat to nebraska's defense those two are the the biggest ones If you're playing along at home, you can uh, flip your roster over to the Nebraska side now, though I'm guessing uh, most of you probably won't need to. We're all well aware of every player uh, the Huskers have in camp at this point. Three key players for Nebraska in this game. Number one, and yes, I do kind of enjoy the symmetry here with my number one pick for Northwestern. I'm going with Teddy Prohaska. For the Huskers, and I'm assuming that means he'll be in at left tackle. There's plenty of intrigue here after two promising starts a year ago, but the sample size is obviously somewhat small. Um, there's a lot pin. There's a lot of hope pinned on Prohaska, kind of picking up where he left off, and I, I I think he will. He's he's a good player, but he did talk this fall camp. Of just the adjustment he had to go through after being injured and missing spring to getting back to playing football football is the way that he put it. So we'll see what that looks like. I think Nebraska is still shuffling through some options on the offensive line. And obviously the need is there for Nebraska to have perhaps much better play up front. If Prochaska is able to go, if he's your game one starter at left tackle, A lot of other things flow from there. Number two, quarterback Casey Thompson. You just got to do it. Barring a game week switch, Thompson's going to pilot this new Nebraska offense in Ireland. What's that look like? Uh, Wish I could tell you. I don't really know. I mean, we know what Casey Thompson looked like as a 10-game starter for Texas a year ago. he He was pretty good. Didn't really put the ball in danger a whole lot. And I think that's the key here in terms of a fair first game, new offense, new coaches, foreign country expectation for Thompson. Can he avoid the turnovers? Northwestern, despite taking a step back in almost every defensive category a year ago, it was still a high havoc rate group. They ranked 32nd in that stat, 19.2%, which means that on about one in every five plays, they recorded tackle for loss, force fumble, or pass breakup. Avoiding that would be kind of a good primary objective, I think, in what should be Casey Thompson's first start for the Huskers. Number three for Nebraska. This is a bit of a wild card slot. There's no shortage of intriguing players that would be a fit here. I'm going to go with edge rusher Oshan Mathis, the highly touted TCU transfer. One, because I'm interested in how Nebraska uses him. Um, you've got Garrett Nelson, you got Caleb Tanner on the other side, at least in the way that Nebraska lined up most often last year. Where does Mathis fit? Can you get all three of those guys on the field at the same time? Do you just spell him with one or the other? All questions we'll have to, to wait until game time to, to fully see for ourselves. But Again, you look at what's across the line, at least on that left side for for Northwestern, and there's a this is a big time, big time matchup for guys who all have NFL aspirations. Could be a game you see show up pretty often when it comes time to really dial up NFL draft prep and watch all those YouTube videos of, of various players your favorite team may or may not select. I've been pretty impressed with Mathis' approach. <clears throat> as a transfer so far, at least based on what he's said through, through fall camp. And that's really as much as I've gotten to. All right. I have to, to base that opinion on, but that's, that's not a given. It can be hard to get dropped into a totally new team, particularly as a player who comes with some renown as, as Mathis did two time, all big 12 selection for the, the horned frogs. But so far he's been saying, saying the right things, I think. And, From all accounts, his approach to his quote-unquote work has been certainly impressive. So be keeping a close eye on one of Nebraska's biggest newcomers in a season full of newcomers. That'll take us to halftime of this week's show. Coming up after the break, we'll dig into the details of how this game could play out. Are you looking for a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having a competitive stable history of more than 20 years consider fsc edge what is fsc edge a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies with expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality they support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the united states and europe including the European Patent Office, the Deutsches Patent und Markenamt, that's the German Patent Trademark Office, US Patent and Trademark Office as well. FSC Edge is the only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC Edge comes with some great perks. You get to work with fun people with great attitudes. You learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer facing, which means casual dress is welcome. You get to work in a new work environment with more than $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you get to do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. The FSC Edge team is constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join in their mission. Check out Available Jobs today at www.jobsatfsc.com.
0: It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word Broomgate. Kick off the
1: second half of the show, as we do each week, with
0: the only question that matters
1: How does Nebraska win this game? Northwestern was always poised for a bit of a step back in 2021, given what it lost from the 2020 West Division Championship team. That said, It's step back on defense was bigger than I think most people expected. And that's been Pat Fitzgerald's calling card for his entire career. Wildcats have some players on that side of the ball, but offense might be a little bit of a different story. In what feels like almost annual questions in Evanston at this point, what level of quarterback play is Northwestern going to get? Who scares an opponent on the outside? There aren't easy answers at this stage. So what does Nebraska need to actually do in this game to, to come away with a win? Here are three keys that I think will go a long way to, to deciding this one. One, the black shirts better, be better better be ready to stop the run. Northwestern's offense typically doesn't scare opponents with its explosiveness. But when it does get those big plays, they often come on the ground. And that's, that's pretty rare. In two of the past three seasons, Northwestern has had more explosive rushes than passes. Passes are just bigger by nature. You're throwing the ball, not carrying it, for reasons that should be fairly obvious. It's a little bit easier to hit for big plays in the passing game than the running game. Of those past three seasons, the one season Northwestern had more explosive passes, it only had three more. It was 42 explosive rushes to 45 explosive passes. So basically even. That means having success against this Northwestern offense becomes about efficiency. It becomes about keeping Northwestern off schedule. A year ago, Nebraska's defense did a great job of keeping points off the board and did so largely because it was excellent at limiting big plays. That said, the efficiency was somewhat, maybe even oddly low for a team that only gave up 23 points a game. Nebraska ranked 81st in overall success rate in 2021 and 80th against the rush. The Husker linebackers should be more than capable of keeping the wild game, wildcat run game contained, but they'll need an almost entirely new defense line to hold its own. If that happens, keeping this run game in check shouldn't be a big ask of the Blackshirts. Since 2018, Northwestern's eight and five when rushing for more than four yards per carry, which four yards per carry isn't that high of a threshold. What's notable about that number isn't the record in those games. It's the number of games, just 13 games over four yards of carry for Northwestern over the past four seasons. And they've won. They've had a winning percentage in those games of 0.615. What that means in the context of over four seasons is nearly 75% of the time Northwestern didn't rush for more than four yards per carry. It's win percentage in those games was 0.412. If you want a way to gauge how Nebraska's defense is playing in Ireland, that's a little bit beyond maybe just what you see like, Oh, that was a sack. That was great. Oh, an interception. Those are cool. Uh, Keep an eye on that rushing number. I will be, if it's not close to or under four yards a carry, might be a sign of trouble. Key number two, touchdowns, not field goals. That's the official position of the IED Preview Podcast for all games, all teams. And it's hardly revolutionary, but it's one to keep an eye on. New offensive coordinator Mark Whipple wasn't brought in to build a new car at Nebraska, at least not in my opinion. He was brought in to do an excellent job detailing the pretty nice car Nebraska already had. This could take multiple forms, a slightly higher success rate from last year, a few more third down conversions, a little more in the run game, which in turn provides a little more in the play action pass game. If you want a more in-depth discussion of this and Nebraska's offense, go back to the preview two episodes ago. In many ways, Nebraska and Pittsburgh's offenses were, were very similar statistically, minus one big difference. Whipple's pit team averaged more than 40 points per game last year, Nebraska less than 30, despite putting up largely the same number of yards. That's the big detail here, and we might see it most often in this game in the red zone. Nebraska obliterated Northwestern last year and had the best of it from the very first play, a 70-plus yard completion to Samori Touré. There were plenty of yards to go around for the Huskers a year ago. But the other key to that game, why it looked the way it did, Nebraska also went five for six in the red zone, all five scores being touchdowns against a typically scroungy Northwestern defense. And I do expect the Wildcats to get at least closer to back to that in 2022. Maximizing your returns in the red zone is a common threat against the eventual division champs in 2020. Nebraska was just three for six in the red zone and only one of those scores was a touchdown. Even getting six attempts was an achievement against that defense. That was the second most against Northwestern in a year in which it won the West. Only Ohio State had more. It reached the red zone seven times in the championship game and needed to. Whipple spoke early in fall camp about driving home the importance of these red zone trips to his quarterbacks, particularly in a season opening game. Get points throw the ball away if you have to. Definitely don't take chances and take the points off the board. That's my synopsis of of what he said there. It's good advice for football in general, but advice that perhaps takes on extra importance in a season debut against an opponent with a long track record of winning close games. Many of those against Nebraska over the years. Nebraska scored on 77.4% of its red zone trips last year. That ranked 106th nationally. If NU could be at 80% or above, you could feel pretty good about its chances to walk away with a win here. Whipple's 2021 pet offense scored on 88% of its red zone trips last season. We won't expect that for this offense just yet, but it's a number to aim for as the, the season goes on. Key number three, does anyone want to be special? If you're listening to this show, you're probably well aware of Nebraska's special team struggles per SP plus the Huskers ranked 127th special teams a year ago. There were only three teams that were worse. And one of them was Northwestern. The Wildcats ranked 129th. I kind of couldn't believe the car crash I happened upon when pulling together the special team stats for, for both of these teams last year, Nebraska hit 50% of its field goals. 126th nationally. Northwestern hit 46.2%, 129th. Nebraska averaged 40.3 yards per punt, 107th. Northwestern was better by one-tenth of a yard, 40.4 yards per punt, 106th. Nebraska averaged 2.7 yards per punt return, 128th, and a number that's still kind of hard to even visualize. Northwestern, now here's, here's where things get a little bit interesting and different. Northwestern averaged 15.5, 15.6 yards per punt return, which ranked fifth. Keep an eye on that one. Wildcats lost one of their primary punt returners, safety Brandon Joseph, who, who transferred to Notre Dame, and is a pretty big loss defensively for the Wildcats as well. But they do have back wide receiver Raymond Nero III, and he's a dangerous return man as well. Both Nebraska and Northwestern turned to the transfer portal to address some of these very clear Kind of hard to believe. Weaknesses. Nebraska brought in FCS punter of the year Brian Buschini from Montana, and not one but two place kickers who hopefully can get get the Huskers closer to the seventy five percent field goal make rate. That's about the national average. Northwestern is likely turning to Adam Stage, formerly of Nebraska's week two opponent, North Dakota. At kicker, his story is kind of interesting. He was an all-conference player at St. Cloud State to begin his career. And then St. Cloud State dropped football, so he went to North Dakota, made five six field goals a year ago, and boy, did Northwestern need a kicker. So, interstage. Wildcats also added Luke Akers, who is UCLA's starting punter the past two seasons. We're going to have plenty of new specialists to watch and assess in this game on August 27th. Which team gets the better of the special teams battle? I've been pretty impressed with how detail-oriented new Nebraska special teams coordinator Bill Bush has been. He just talks about this in a way that seems super realistic and manageable. I know less about about Northwestern's particular coaching as when it comes to special teams, but it was a bit of a surprise to see the Wildcats struggle as much as they did a year ago. So, in a game like this, special teams, special teams are always important, but it seems like one where special teams could be a, a real factor because for a lot of reasons, this game almost seems predestined to be a bit ugly. One, season openers always are. Two, now you're moving that season opener across an ocean. What's that look like? We'll find out soon enough. Thank you for listening to the IED Preview. It's great to be back. If you like the show, do your podcast chores. Rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. And be sure to check out all of our other shows on the Hale Varsity Network. A Huda Media Production.